away we go with our number, uh, what is this, three, I think, for the morning. It's been one of those mornings, but uh, we'll make it through somehow. Joining us this hour, Neil Atkins. Yes, sir. Morning, Neil. Good morning, Dave Strandberg. And we also have a special guest in the studio. Jenna's here from the uh, Alzheimer's Association. Jenna, what's uh, up uh, this week? I know we got lots of stuff going on up to the walk to end Alzheimer's, which is coming up in September already. We do. We always have some great stuff, and we have great community partners who are hosting some great mm-hmm. things. So join us on Friday, August 25th from 5 to 7 at Bent Paddle Brewing Company. They are hosting their walk to end Alzheimer's ales for alls. And so mm. there'll be great some great beer obviously and some great <laughs> raffle time and right. so excited to have um again bent paddle partnering with us with that mm-hmm. um and then the following uh, week on tuesday august 29th our friends at kohler toyota are going to be hosting the memorial blood center mobile and so they are generously donating money towards anybody who gives blood that day so a great Excellent. way to help two organizations so Come join us for that. Anybody who wants to find out more information on either event can go to alz.org backslash walk. You All can right. also sign up a team there. That's right. Speaking of the walk, it's coming up what day in September now? We are going to be meeting on September 9th right. at 1 o'clock down at the deck will be registration. 2 o'clock is the walk, and mm-hmm. we've ordered the good weather. So come <laughs> on down. Of course. Good to do that in advance. Yeah, the walk is along the lake walk. Right? It is along the lake yeah. walk. We have the most beautiful walk in the state. I'm a little Absolutely. biased. But. There you go. <laughs> now, you have a champion, grand champion 2022. What uh, What's this all about? So to become a champion, you raise $500, and ah. to become a grand champion, you raise $1,000 fundraising. So well, You've done it. I've done it. I'm trying to <laughs> do it again this walk. year, so Way we'll go, see Jenna. if I make it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Jenna, as always, thanks for stopping in. We'll catch you again next time, find out what's going on with the Alzheimer's Thank Association. Thank you much. All right, We're nice at to meet uh, you. 815 here at KDAL. Take control of your investments by transferring funds from one tax-qualified plan to another, tax-deferred. Whether you have an employer-sponsored retirement plan rollover, an existing IRA, or simply need to make an IRA contribution, we can help. To schedule a no-obligation consultation, call Neil Atkins, your Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC Financial Advisor at 218-727-4767 or 823 on the morning show from uh, KDAL here on a Monday. Beach Boys getting around. Monday, Monday, yes. Well, we've got a class action lawsuit being filed against the city of Duluth. Yeah, we talked about that during the news. Yeah, this is on the stormwater. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Estimated more than 1,500 owners of non-residential properties were subject to these fees, and apparently they're claiming that they were overbilled. Moline Company mm-hmm. is one of the lead ones. That's a locally owned company that manufactures uh, items for the baking industry and such, and a number of others. Uh, uh, the judge here, uh, Moline Company and Glass Merchant Inc., are, uh, which does business as Walsh Windows, have met the factors needed for a class certification, according to the judge. And these are West Duluth businesses, and they're claiming the city dramatically overcharged them for stormwater. All right. And uh, so this <laughs> ought to be interesting as this moves forward here. So uh, you just never know. Somebody, yeah. you know, you can't, you don't know the dynamics on it. Everybody, right. uh, the problem is, is that the city charges 
uh, an estimate. For instance, you uh, you're at your house, you you take water in, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, they estimate the storm water and uh, charge that a part of the sewage and the runoff and that sort of thing. I mean, so they, they don't actually measure the storm water. Well, the, how can you do that? I don't know. That's the key, I guess. And see, they had a big issue here in town where there was overflows coming in because the right. sewer system was antiquated. This was going back 25 mm-hmm. years. Inflow and, and infiltration. Yep, I and I. <laughs> and they, they ended up building these huge uh, million, multi-million gallon tanks uh, down here in town right. to take overflows. And what was happening is... Pretty this, much works, too, from what I understand. Uh, unless there's a uh, mega, well, mega yeah. storm. But the uh, what was happening back in the day is that the... Stormwater was getting into the sewage system, and because there were cracks or a mm-hmm. lot of the sewers were 100 years old or more, and so they they wanted to identify how that was happening, so they did a sump pump program throughout the community and mm-hmm. actually helped pay for uh, many of the sump pumps. So everybody, I have the guys were in my house with jackhammers down <laughs> in the basement putting a sump pump in. and then I, I actually have two sump pumps in my house. Well, we had done... Well, you must have a lot of fluid well, coming through. We, uh, we had Superior's a, a bit of level a there. flooding issue at one mm-hmm. point, so they had to come in and fix it. So, uh, you know, we had gutters and downspouts at the house, but mm-hmm. also between my house we had to do a little uh, trench on oh, out to get okay. the water. Well, it'd be, it was the old uh, tile between the two right. houses uh, oh, okay. in, when I lived in West Duluth. And my, my one neighbor and I, the house was so close I'd go up on the ladder, and I'm painting the side, and I'd rest my back on her house oh, while no. I'm on the ladder. That's Aren't all. there regulations to keep uh, places from being that close? Well, maybe there is These not. These houses but... were built more than 100 yeah, years ago. not at the back, time. Back in, okay. like, 1909 and that sort of thing. So <laughs> gotcha. Mine was a 25-foot lot. Hers was a 50-foot lot. Mm. And uh, so anyway, uh, so we did our own little stormwater drainage system down yeah, there. We're good. out under the back using the old tile and then, uh, you know, took that... Uh, black plastic tubing that you dig down and going back to try to so the basement wouldn't get wet flooding and then the sump pump came in <laughs> and apparently it has worked but but anyway uh there's a a charge for impervious surfaces and they do some calculation and all that jazz well mm-hmm. according to these businesses they believe that they've been unfairly charged so it'll be interesting to see where that court case goes yeah, it's, uh, that could be pretty expensive, I suppose, yeah. for the city at some point. Yeah. Uh, we got a phone call. Hi, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Jerry. I've got a grinner for you this morning. Already? Yes. Yuck it up to start Monday off, yeah. to start the week, Jerry. So Toivo was picked up Friday for DWI, and he spent the whole weekend in jail. Monday morning, he's before the judge, and the judge looks down on him, and he says, Have you ever been up before me? And Toivo looks up, he says, I don't know, Your Honor. What time do you get up? Ooh. <laughs> Very and then good, he went to Jerry. jail. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And he slapped them down at $1,000 right. later and 10000 in insurance costs. It's an expensive uh, uh, foray for somebody getting <laughs> yeah, the right. uh, DWI, driving while intoxicated. Yeah, absolutely. They claim that it's cost you about 10000 bucks when it comes down to all the increased insurance costs. In fact, in the uh, life insurance business, if you're writing a policy, a life insurance policy on somebody, uh, it's required now that they give you their uh, driver's license number. Really? And disclose to you whether or not they've had any DWIs. Yeah. And some people, uh, you know, it escalates the cost. 
mm-hmm. of the insurance if you've had one. Some people Makes have sense, had many. That's right. And uh, some people keep on driving aimlessly with suspended driver's license and getting drunk, and those are the chronic abusers yeah. of the system. Now Even I, those that aren't drunk and that drive, you know, 150 miles an hour down the freeway. It's not a good deal. Just as dangerous, if yeah. you ask me. But Well, you just never know what's going to jump out in front of you. Oh, I, my I goodness. That's right. The uh, Now, of course, they just came out with uh, warning people not to smoke weed and mm. drink alcohol yeah. and drive at yeah, the, the same time. Yeah, the combination is particularly bad. It's like so. uh, the, the, the report, the, the news report I heard, it's like somebody just figured that out. We knew that when I was 18. I suppose You so. don't smoke right. weed and drink alcohol at the same time. All but right. everybody did in uh, the day, right. almost everybody. Well, uh, That's the combination of drugs, as you see. A yeah. lot of times people that are being apprehended, especially those that flee the police yeah. who are intoxicated, when they're tested, they have more than just alcohol in their system. You can do that, just don't get behind the wheel. That's the key. I Unfortunately, guess. people do. I know. Let's and go then, back to the phones. Hi, who's this? Yeah, this is Rick from up by the airport. What's happening? And uh, well, I you know I was driving down to the cities yesterday with my uh, son-in-law, and you know we talked to talking about the uh, the Northern Lights Express, mm-hmm. and why can't Amtrak put on a car hauling car? Hey, that's an idea. You know, so, I've heard about you know, that. So like, so it's, oh. well, we do that out on the East Coast quite a bit, I guess, for people that you know go from Maine to Florida. You know, they can just yeah. put a, a car on there and they could, you know, and it, you know, maybe the infrastructure isn't quite there yet to act like a ferry. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we came from the, the, the northwest and the, where they move cars on and off boats all day long, you know. And I'm just kind of wondering why, you know. I like that idea. It, you know, I do, too. Right. I think it's a fabulous idea. Give you like wheels that. when you're down there and get around right. there. Yeah. Well, then people coming up here, they got cars. Sure. Here. They can, you know, now maybe we got to atta- uh, approach Mr. Bueller on this, you know, <laughs> and uh, and find out, uh, hey, are we not thinking about this? Or, or set up know. a car rental system right there at the depot, maybe. Well, I'm sure they'll have well, that. Oh, you think so? I know. I know. Okay. Well, that's what, you know, people want you to use, you yeah. know, whatever's up, you know, the... The Uber and whatever's up there, but it's like, uh, you know, why? What's the cost of putting another right. car on the train? You know, and but anyway, just right. a thought. Thanks, you Rick. Good idea. Thank you. Yeah. And believe me, if we uh, mm-hmm. uh, open up our hearts to Ken Bueller, he'll be more than willing <laughs> to come on the radio. That's kind of a neat idea. But I don't know how many cars you can get on a train car. I mean, how many automobiles? Well, they, they uh, have, like Rick was saying, they have them out on the East Coast. Oh, where they, they transport okay. vehicles. Huh. Um, and the the people that own the vehicles, right. they, uh, obviously, I don't think they let them sit in their vehicle. I'm not sure. Probably not. But when you take a ferry, if you've ever been to right. Puget Sound or even to Bayfield, mm-hmm. you drive your car under the ferry, you park right. your vehicle, and you're wandering around on the boat, and you get over <laughs> to Madeline Island, and you drive, drive your car up. Right. So, But uh, logistically, you'd have to have some sort of a ramp set up to drive the car up onto right, right. the Onto the deal, and are you going to allow? Are you going to trust people to drive their own vehicle, or you're going to have the yeah. conductor drive their vehicle up there onto the deal? Because you know how Valet some people parking on the train. you know how some people are yes. with vehicles. That's one reason why generally <laughs> when you bring your vehicle to the garage yeah. for repairs, they pull it in for you, Good and thinking. you don't, right? Because there's been many a time that 
somebody by accident you hits the accelerator the <laughs> and not the brake, <laughs> right. and you got a problem. All right, yeah. very good. 8.32 now at KDAL. We shall return. Thirty-four Monday morning, the morning show here on KDAL. Uh, guests who are staying at hotels along the Las Vegas Strip might want to double-check their beds before they uh, lay down crawling the night. in the bed. In the past year and a half, health inspectors have found bed bugs in seven resorts on Jeez. the Vegas Strip. That's according to a Southern Nevada Health District complaint named on the not so desirable list: Circus Circus, Caesar's Palace, Planet Hollywood. Uh, the MGM Grand, Sahara, Tropicana, these are all big-name wow. casinos. Oh. It's believed people unknowingly brought the bed bugs in through infested luggage, clothing, blankets, and pillows, and spread them to the uh, hotels. I'm not sure how I get rid of bed bugs, but I suppose you got to fumigate it yeah, between guests in, or something. Yeah, they bring spread I've never um, experienced that, but I know people oh. that have been bitten by those Ooh, darn things. I'm and not sure what those... Yeah, that's little, that's, that's the main issue. It's is not a good bites. deal. You get, you get right. bit, yeah. and it's wow. in an unsanitary well, yeah, condition. You think. It's, it's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, in a sense... They yeah. aren't the same thing, but people that would have lice wow. because of unclean, uncleanly yeah. or you've been exposed to it. And like sometimes in schools, kids go, some kids oh, come right. in with yeah. head lice and all of a sudden everybody's got the darn right. thing. So, yeah. But these are a little bit more serious. Say, so, by the way, uh, yesterday, uh, the uh, U.S. Steel rejected, this is on Sunday, this was a news release. In right. fact, we uh, saw it yesterday. We were sitting around uh, having outdoor activities with a friend of mine and uh, our friend Ron Brochu who's with Business North and Lake Superior Magazine and he said holy smokes Cleveland Cliffs has made an unsolicited offer to buy U.S. Steel. Okay. And now apparently the U.S. Steel board has rejected it. Oh. Uh, this apparently has been brewing but the United Steel Workers wrote a letter. This is dated August 3rd found on the Cliffs website supporting the acquisition of U.S. Steel by Cliffs and it would unequivocally endorse the transaction. Now, apparently, Cliffs was offering a 43% premium of what uh, uh, U.S. Steel was worth. Then U.S. Steel said that was unreasonable. Oh. So, uh, apparently, right. there's been some other companies that have been chopping at the bits. And uh, we shall see as that moves forward down the so road. So, U.S. There. Steel apparently is for sale then. Well, the board says it's not. <laughs> oh, so, I see. So, now the board is... So, you can make all kinds of unsolicited yeah. proposals. Okay. It, uh, it had decided... They've decided to initiate a formal review process to evaluate strategic alternatives mm -hmm. for the company. This is U.S. Steel. So, uh, there you go. Wow. Some uh, action in our backyard. And, of course, uh, mining... Operations up on the range. U.S. Steel owns some. Cliffs does up in Silver Bay. Right. The uh, uh, Cliffs up there owns that facility, the former reserve mining. And they are doing well now, if I understand correctly. They are. They've got their uh, folks back on. Uh, yeah. They were furloughed there for mm, right. uh, quite some time, and now they're back working. So Very good. But, uh, yeah, it's something else. So. All right, this wildfire in Lahina killing at least 96 people now. Horrible situation. Deadliest wildfire in the U.S. in more than 100 yeah. years. State officials say about 2,700 structures destroyed. Most of them are homes. FEMA now estimating the damage total at $5.6 billion. 
And all of those numbers expected to rise as time yeah. goes along. An estimated 4,500 people have been displaced, more than 1,400 of them staying in evacuation shelters. This turned out to be one huge deal. In I, uh, I was watching uh, news reports on this this weekend, yeah. and apparently people were being interviewed that, you know, oh. hey, we jumped out of our cars and jumped in the ocean. In the ocean, right. And we, you know, some people flames. were in the water for eight hours before oh, they were arrested. Cow. And uh, the... The devastation was unbelievable. And, you know, it's reminiscent. Now, what happened, there was a hurricane about 600 miles off the coast. Right. And the winds generated from that whipped up. They were never expecting it. They still don't know what the catalyst that started the fire. Yeah, of course, started up. Dry conditions. And, of course, the emergency warning system that's set up for tsunamis and so on didn't go off. And now, now the blame, people are starting to try to point oh, yeah. the finger. Who's to blame for no emergency warning system? And, I mean, back here in our neck of the woods, 1918, the forest yeah. fires, Hinkley, Cloquet, over 600 people perished right. in uh, those forest fires that devastated uh, a lot of uh, northern Minnesota. I guess the flames are 85% contained, but it's still burning at this yeah. point. Uh, they're still putting out hot spots in some areas. Fire has burned an estimated 2,170 acres of land. I'm not sure how much... Land is on this particular island, but well, it's a, it's that's a, a good size island. Yeah, so, apparently so. Yeah, and apparently, this uh, town Oof. that was destroyed was Lahaina, one of the yeah. uh, hot tourist spots right, there absolutely. too. So, wow. I know some friends that kind of go into that neck of the woods uh, quite a Oof. bit. But, Never uh, been to Hawaii. Would like to get there at some point, but uh, I was especially to, in the winter time. <laughs> I was to Honolulu, and um, yeah, and uh, we stayed off. A buddy of mine and I went to Australia, and we had a layover for ah. a few days in Hawaii on the way back. Yeah, and stayed right off of Waikiki Beach there, and oh, went up to Diamond nice. Head and all that. And that, this is a separate island from where this wildfires right. were, but uh, it was it was uh, interesting. But it was. To me, that area was real touristy. Oh, I'm sure it still and is. And yeah. I know some of the other areas that people go on the Big Island and so on. It's not as touristy, and you can mm-hmm. really kick back and that sort of thing. All so, right. but so uh, Dave, do you like pizza? I do, for the most part. Well, apparently, Depends what's on it and what kind of pizza? But do you know how long pizza's been around? Uh, probably a long, long time. Well. The city of Pompeii, which was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius back yes. in 79 A.D. They had pizza ovens? <laughs> well, apparently they unearthed, you know, they are opening up the city and sure. unearthing and doing archaeological right. digs. And they uh, unearthed a kind of a, a restaurant bakery area. Okay. And a mural a fresco on the wall showed what appeared to be the ancestor of pizza. That's a colorful of rendition painted of painted menu on the wall, maybe <laughs> uh, uh, on a silver plate. They had menu as uh, uh, a bread with with stuff on it. All right, and they're thinking that you know, two thousand years ago, uh, they were doing the pizza pie. Uh, How about that uh, in the old Roman Empire? So older than we think, apparently. Yeah, you never know. Well, you know, you make that bread and you start spicing it up well, yeah. with stuff and. You know, mm-hmm. our ancestors knew what they were doing when it came to preparing food. So, 841 at KDAL. We'll be back. More of the morning show on a Monday. Sit back.
back and listen to the music. It's the Doobie Brothers. 845 at KDAL. Doobie Doobie. We'll be heading back to a school pretty soon, Neil. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> now, you were talking about snow a couple of minutes ago. I know it. And now school is going to be starting in a month or so. I'm going to throw my water at you. The uh, Actually, my grandkids are in school already. Are in, they? In Nashville. They went back on the like 1st of August. Uh, millions of students, anyway, heading back to the classroom. School districts, again, scrambling to try and fill jobs. A teacher shortage nationwide is continuing. Administrators say to deal with staffing shortfalls. Many are relying on long-term substitute teachers. They're hiring emergency certified teachers with no teaching qualifications or experience. Bringing in teachers from overseas. Increasing class sizes. Educators say this means yet another year when many students won't get the support they need as standardized tests show kids are continuing to fall behind. we got to get our act together in wow. this country. Let me tell you, the the uh, Chinese and Indians are mm-hmm. eating our lunch when it comes to uh, competitiveness out there. Yeah, a reason apparently low pay, relatively low pay, strong labor markets coupled with political infighting has put teachers at the center of yeah. culture wars and seen fewer young people even want to get into teaching. Well, you know, what's another issue? What is low pay? I mean, the state it by says state, relatively low pay. I know pay, some yeah. teachers in our neck of the woods, right. teachers get paid pretty darn good. I would think. Plus they do have uh, kind of a siesta in the summer mm. if they for Not a true. couple months. But also I know a lot of teachers in the summertime have an extra job that they do yeah. or they travel. Right. So by the way, our buddy Rick up there near the airport talking about uh, transporting your vehicle via Amtrak. Yeah. Well, our friend KJ, who emails me all okay. the time, uh, she's really good at this. <laughs> nice. Here's the uh, the deal. This is right from the Amtrak site. Mm-hmm. The process to ship a car with Amtrak is quite simple there, Dave. Already? With one main rule. Yeah. You must ride on the train in order for your vehicle to be eligible shipping. Wow. So first you have to sense. buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to car down there without you. S- sign up. To uh, transport your vehicle, you can't sit in your car. A lot of people, the advantage is all their personal items would be in the car. Now, yeah. this is for tra- basically transporting your vehicle from the uh, uh, northern east coast down to Florida. Oh, I see. Here are the costs: one hundred and fifty-five to three hundred and twenty-five dollars, depending on the size of the vehicle to transport it. Mm. But if you, and plus, you need to buy a ticket right. for the train ride. But if you uh, look at what it costs to ship your vehicle. Otherwise, uh-huh. uh, it's pretty much somewhat cost-effective. Uh-huh. Now, that doesn't mean that those prices, if if our buddy Ken Bueller and the crew of the Northern well, Lights yeah, Express that's... actually does finally take <laughs> off, you know, they'd have to have some. Obviously, you're shipping a vehicle down so people can drive around the Twin Cities, right? But or vice versa, coming up here right. to drive around. So there's. Um, an, art, an editorial counterpoint here in the Minneapolis paper here I happen to clip out called The Northern Lights Rail is Just a Shiny Illusion. <laughs> okay. And the uh, the guy, uh, John Pellin, is an economist at the Center for the American Experiment. And he was basically saying that round trip costs on the train 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so what does it cost for you to drive your car? It's a two-and-a-half-hour ride down there. It takes you about two-and-a-half mm-hmm. hours to get um, uh, it, in uh, to drive your vehicle down there. Yeah, depends uh, on the gas price as how much it's going to cost you. Well, 35 bucks per person. So if a family of four is going down there, mm-hmm. obviously it's least expensive to drive your car than True. take the, the uh, luxury of the train. And once you get there, uh, 
you know, there are, I'm sure there'll be Uber drivers, taxi drivers, and all that Good available tank, yeah. at the train station, and like you, you mentioned, car rental and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's one of those deals that uh, you know Bueller and the folks here are pumping up on it. There's some money's coming available for right. for the trains. Uh, Minneapolis, uh, for instance, uh, the uh, there's uh, 200 million. In taxpayer funding, the last season's transportation bill that was given for the line. Well, this is a $800 million project, so uh, we'll see what happens down the road. I'm guessing the biggest uh, draw is going to be the casino halfway down. That would Hinkley. probably be. Hinkley, I mean, it's yeah. a great trip down there. Yeah. You get to stay there. There's a hotel there if you want. You come back on the train. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. You can drink up a storm <laughs> and not get a DWI. There you and, go. Uh, us, uh, you know, the people who don't want to drive that far. And so it's, you it's know, that, that I think would be a bigger deal than going to the Twin Cities and probably more cost effective to do it that way. I'm not sure what the ticket price would be to Inkley and back, but you think it would be less than all the way to the cities. Yeah, you don't know what it is. It, they're, they're claiming yeah. 35 bucks one way, so yeah. there's 70 round trips. So uh, maybe they'll, they'll they'll probably, Hinkley, I, I would suspect there'd be casino packages that yeah. the casinos would run where, oh, you bet. where you get, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll pick up the tab in your transportation yeah. and come and stay with us. I like Gamble, it. baby, gamble. <laughs> 8.50 in the morning, we'll be back. Well, we got a warm and humid week on the way. After today, <laughs> when it won't be so warm, uh, east wind at about 12 miles an hour, too. That'll keep it cooler by the lake. Low 70s expected today, but uh, mid to upper 80s by Wednesday with the possibility of some storms rolling in. All right, Neil, Wall Street opening this morning with? Down. Stocks lower. Yep, stocks lower. So uh, apparently our mayor here in Duluth, Mayor Emily Larson, had mm-hmm. a fundraiser yesterday at uh, Senator Tina Smith's home down in the Twin Cities area, sponsored really? by okay. Smith, the mayor of St. Paul, and the uh, uh, Melissa Hortman, who's a, the Speaker of the House, a DFLer. All right. And uh, the uh, now this, what's interesting, I thought this was a joke. It's not. Contribution levels, champion, $6,000, patron, $3,000, guest, $1,000. Mm-hmm. And it says online contributions can be made by scanning a barcode here and that sort of thing. Now, the uh, limits for mayor's race in Duluth per individual uh-huh. is $600 or 1200 for a couple. Oh, okay. So I would suspect that these $6,000 contributions and that are going to the DFL pack. Oh, I see. And not to Larson's campaign because she'd be in violation of uh, campaign laws. Hmm. And I would suspect that the Democratic PAC, uh, outside money, will be helping fund her re-election campaign because she, uh, you know, it was a dismal showing for her in the primary. And she was the endorsed candidate of the DFL. She's the endorsed candidate of the DFL. So the DFL PAC's raising uh, big-time money here down in the Twin Mm -hmm. Cities to try to get Mayor Emily Larson re-elected. Now... It, this was all over uh, um, online stuff this weekend and so mm-hmm. on. But now, is this unique? Well, uh, she's raised money out of town before, and others have done that also. Uh, not to this degree, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. But what these types of monies end up providing, I'm told, that uh, there are campaign workers that are paid that can come and uh, knock on doors and canvas the area by oh, really? whatever okay. the political party or the PAC is mm-hmm. to get out there and try to get out the vote. So we'll probably see some of that going on. So well, I'm sure there'll be commercials on TV and radio and by newspapers the, by the sponsored PACs. by the PAC yeah, rather than yeah, uh, the yeah. candidate. So. 
So this outside money, again, they mm-hmm. uh, on the federal side, normally we see Sadly, this, that's common, yeah. Uh, on normally all we see it now. on the federal stuff. Right. It's pretty unique to do at a mayor's race. Yeah. It shows how, uh, mm-hmm. in a sense, with, with her showing how desperate the DFL is to get their endorsed candidates elected. Yep. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if there's any comment from Roger Reinert, the, her mm-hmm. opponent now in the general election coming right. up. So we'll be uh, set to uh, fundraise on his own, apparently. <laughs> well, he is. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's endorsed by a couple, uh, few unions right. there. And, they might help and, out. Huh? Uh, and so on. So uh, All right. we'll see what happens. Have you seen Barbie yet, uh, Neil? Nope. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No. Have you seen Oppenheimer? No, I haven't gone to a movie <laughs> since before the pandemic. So. Those are the big two again. Barbie, number one at the box office over the weekend. Oppenheimer, again, number two. Uh, let's see. For Barbie, another $33.7 million this weekend. It surpassed the billion-dollar mark last week. So. Well, you know, Mattel makes, oh, now, not, not the movie, but they, yeah, make, they uh, make the Barbie Ken dolls. and Barbie. Right. And it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how, uh, you know, some of these toy manufacturers have struggled over the well, years. Well, Mattel has already introduced a new Barbie based on the movie. There's apparently a bizarre Barbie or something that was in the movie but wasn't actually a doll, and now Mattel a, is a, making it a doll. So. A zombie Barbie? <laughs> Just one that the kids apparently dress up a little bit. Or, oh, I, well, they all dress them up. Well, I, I know, I, but I this they, bizarro went, they went, got carried away, so... So, uh, Dave, before we leave here, the right. City Council meets tonight. Ooh, this is when we find out if they pass the uh, The ordinance thing. dealing with restricting right. the smoking of marijuana, and it's going to be restricting it in uh, public places. Uh, I'm guessing pretty much where you can't smoke, you can't have marijuana yep. either. And they, right. they want to restrict it to public parks so that, you know, you're sitting there playing with your kid and somebody's not sitting next to you yeah. getting high. So, uh, or low, depending on what I you gotcha, think about yes. it. So. So that's going to be on, on the All docket right. tonight before the Duluth City Council. So we'll, we'll, find we'll out, tell you uh, more about it down the road. I suppose. Neil will be back on Wednesday and yes, then sir. again on Friday. You'll get the day off tomorrow. Thank you. And Oops. You didn't spill anything, did you? No, I dropped my phone. Oh, all right. I'm good. sorry about that. I, I didn't spill like uh, some of our other uh, <laughs> uh, guests. Have that's done. what I'm worried about when I hear the clunk. It's I know, oh, boy, I know. That's, all right. But that's okay. Uh, we'll leave you with rainy days and Mondays. Ooh, is it going to rain today, though? No. Well, not here. South of here. It drizzled on the way down this morning. It's pretty much cloudy here, but sunny skies later, so it'll just be uh, a Monday, not a rainy day. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Talking to myself and feeling old.